Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we will raise our hand when called, sitting up straight and being present as we transport ourselves in the now. How many hours in the day do you spend rehashing a time past? Fond memories, past mistakes, lost loves, easier times, or devastating tragedies? Maybe you focus on time travel as you brainstorm about the future, better times, new ventures, finally arriving, potential love, or the right recipe to finally achieving happiness. Wherever you are today, why not try the here and now? Today, at this moment, as it happens, the art of being present. Is it possible to live life without expectations? Relying on who you are today to get you through the hour? Hmm, so many minutes, hours, days, months, years are spent mentally traveling through time instead of drinking in the special moments made in the now. Ready to tune in for the next hour and be present? I, for one, struggle with the now. I'm busy, busy, always planning and doing, and before I know it, a whole day goes by and I'm exhausted. I love to brainstorm new ideas and make grand plans. What could be? For me, these aren't just pipe dreams, but in most cases, something I activate and add to my plate. Meditation always seemed so slow. I would sit there waiting for something to happen, and my mind would be in a million different places. The first time I tried yoga, I thought the same thing. This isn't exercise. Before that rubs you the wrong way, I know now my line of thinking was all skewed. I kept thinking I was supposed to be pushing myself, huffing and puffing. Then one day, I was able to relax my mind and concentrate on what I was doing at the moment, and I found it both challenging and relaxing. The relaxing part for me was giving my mind a break. I've always said if mind racing burnt calories, I would be in such great shape. I have yet to be consistent with anything but burning the candle at both ends. But this is something I strive for. So here, in the now, I'm saying to you all, my goal is to create more moments throughout my day to give my mind a treat, relax, and just be. As we walk through this idea, being present and in the now, We're going to look at why rumination on your past or letting your mind get too far in the future might be counterproductive. We'll also visit some practices you can implement to be more aware and present. So let's get started. Jan Yohart lays out the timeline of past, present, future. Where do you spend your time? In an article for Medium.com. 
time it has been described as endless moments of now. And that's true because as soon as we try to think about this moment, it's gone. It's in the past. And the moment in the future you're looking forward to, well, it just became the now. And as now became the past, well, you see where we're going. It's a wonderful thing. Some people focus on what should have happened or what should happen instead of what is happening. They blame others for slights that occurred decades ago. And unfortunately, they're usually the only one who remembers this. They have difficulty forgiving each other or themselves. And this prevents them from letting go and moving forward in a healthy manner. Others think so much about all the things that might happen in the future that they're unable to enjoy what is going on right now. They expect the worst from relatives, near and dear ones, and a host of other things that they not only cannot control, but might actually never happen. Most people don't replay over and over the events in the past that made them smile. They replay the fears, the sadness, the failures, and they take that doubt, that fear, and that sadness into the present and believe that this is what the future holds. If living in the past is dictating your future, it's time to get out. You should be using your past for lessons and as reference points of success. That's it. So wherever you are in your life right now, enjoy it. Enjoy the present as the quote goes, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. And that's why we call it the present. The importance of time has been taught to all of us since childhood. Whenever we were told to make the most of the time we were living, it had a deeper meaning. It directly pointed to the fact that the time once gone will never return. We might not have understood that deep underlying meaning at the time, but today none of us can deny this hardcore fact. So let's break it down. The past. The past is meant to learn from. It gives us various such instances where we were wrong and we required correction. We must learn from the mistakes that we committed in the past and try to rectify them in the time to come, the present. Sometimes today is filled with boredom and loneliness. Sometimes it seems stressful and challenging. The best way to deal with the present is to have all of your wits about you so that you can choose interesting ways to address what's in front of you. When your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are devoted to the past or the future, you are robbing today. You cannot reach your potential and make good choices if you're trying to resolve issues from the past or predict the future. Speaking of the future, fear, control, perfectionism, Worry and anxiety are all cousins. Sometimes people focus all their energy on what hasn't even happened yet. Their fear causes them to want to control things and often leads to perfectionism, worry, and anxiety. What if? We've all said it. It's a frequent phrase used by individuals who tend to focus on the future. The one question you will regret for the rest of eternity if you do not act to change now is, what if I tried this or that? 
Do you want to be saying that when you're ready to leap into the grave, watching your life flash before your eyes? What if, what if, what if? No matter what your situation, you always have the option to change. We are all able to restart our life if we make the decision to do so. But your way of thinking has to change. Just let go of old thoughts that no longer work for you and allow change to take place. It's important to remember that your misfortune is not the fault of others. They are not to blame for what happens to you. Our situations are not the result of what others force upon us. It's the result of what we are not allowing to manifest in our own lives. We often let our old self become comfortable. It becomes our security. But it also becomes our obstacle, keeping us from moving when we don't even realize it. At the same time, we blame everyone around us, so much so that we make up for what we're not doing ourselves. Stop doing it now and start valuing your life by making the right decision to bring you forward to happiness and fulfillment. We all have a story. It's written one moment at a time, one experience at a time. Use this moment right now to the fullest. Your future self will thank you. Keep dreaming in color. I realize letting go of an old way of thinking may not be as easy as it sounds. Just let it go or just get over it. Our minds have a nasty habit of running away with our thoughts. And the logical you feels like you're chasing it down saying, hey, give that back. But there are ways to start the process of asserting more control. And that may be where you are in your journey. You've hit the mile marker of starting to become more aware of the habits in order to make a shift. Perfect. Let's start there. I love applicable ideas that I can measure. As a problem solver, this makes sense to me. Okay, I've identified a problem. Now what? Darius Furu gives us a tactic with past, present, and future. Use time perspectives to live better. Found at DariusFuru.com. What does time mean to you? Have you ever thought about that? Depending on who you ask, you'll get one of the following answers. Time is money. Time is love. Time is play. Time is work. Time is a thing of the past. Your answer tells a lot about how you spend your time. So, let's think about that. Why do we often carefully think before we spend our money, but don't do the same when we spend our time? Do we value money more than time? If you look at all the inspirational quotes on social media, you would think everyone is conscious of their time. You often hear things like, time is your most important asset, and you can earn back money, but you can never earn back time. Do you agree with those things? Hmm. But yet every year, people spend more time on their devices. The average daily time spent consuming content was nearly seven hours a day in 2020. It was, of course, the year of the pandemic, and the numbers were higher than usual. But I think we're trending here. 
we still, we waste a lot of time. And I know that I'm not immune, and I'm sure you aren't either. While we can never avoid wasting any time and do things that give us energy and joy 100% of the time, we can make better use of the time we have. Darius says, I recently read The Time Paradox by Philip Zimbardo and John Boyd, who are both renowned psychologists. In that book, they talk about using time perspectives to change the way that you live. This is a topic most of us never think about. We just use our time without having a system. We often just follow our intuition. That's how we end up overthinking, stuck in the past, and miserable about our days. So, the three time perspectives of the human mind. Let's think about that. We usually think of the following states and how they impact our actions. Starting with the past. When you're focused on the past, you often are paralyzed by what has happened to you. You either wish your life was like the good old days or you wish certain things didn't happen. People who often ask why are overly focused on the past. How about the present? When you're primarily focused on the present, you either want instant gratification or enjoyment of what's in front of you. No thought of the past or the future. I only live for today is my motto. What about the future? A future-oriented person is someone who eats healthy food, gets good grades in school, doesn't smoke, drink, and is always working towards a future outcome. Hmm. Most people realize that living in one perspective isn't realistic. A 100% present-focused life sounds ideal, but if you think about what you would look like, it makes no sense. If you only live for today, you might spend all your money, eat as much food as you can, drink even more, you name it. And if you only live for the future, you would do nothing that gives you satisfaction today. How about a 1990 principle of time perspectives? Sounds intriguing. Awareness of time perspectives helps you to live a better life because you will make better use of your time. It will help you to enjoy your days, learn from the past, and shape a better future. But it requires us to what? Find a little balance. We can't be stuck in one time perspective. In the time paradox, Zimbardo and Boyd explain it well. Depending on the demands of a particular situation, one time perspective must take precedence, while the others may temporarily recede. Darius says that that inspired him to think about what it looks like in his daily life. And he came up with the following balance, something we can really take away. How about 1% past focused? He says, I take about 15 minutes a day to journal. But I don't just think about the past when I journal. I try to occasionally reflect on the past to learn. 9% future focused. This is the time I dedicate to planning and thinking about the future. I always want to be sure of the fact that life can be long. For example, I spend time creating fitness routines and buying healthy food because I know that's better for the future me. And then here's the bulk of your time, 90% present focused. 
This is when I execute my plans and the time I spend enjoying my days. While I might plan only 9% of the time, the actual work happens here. Working out, writing, reading, doing chores, eating, traveling, and so forth. I don't want to be lost in thought when I do these things. This distribution is just something he keeps in mind, and he tries to stay on track. He says, I use it as a guideline to live my life. If I notice that I'm thinking about the past multiple times a day, I remind myself that it's fruitless. When I'm over planning and getting ahead of myself, I correct myself as well. I don't want to spend too much time on planning because we don't control everything. Plans are plans. Nothing is guaranteed except for the very moment you have. So, be flexible and be present. Darius said, What I find most valuable about the time paradox is the importance of being flexible. A single-minded focus on the present or future doesn't lend to a balanced and well-lived life. They write, Work hard when it's time to work. Play hard when it's time to play. Enjoy listening to grandma's old stories while she's still alive. Meaningfully connect with your friends. View children through the eyes of wonder with which they see the world. Laugh at jokes and life's absurdities. Indulge your desires and passions. Save for a rainy day and save enough to spend when it's sunny. depends on the situation. When we mix up time perspectives, we get frustrated with life. For example, the other day Darius said I was having dinner with my family, but I was also thinking about doing my taxes. I was thinking about the future while the situations called for me being present. The right course of action was to take 10 minutes to schedule time to do my taxes, or at least make a start earlier in the day. But since I didn't do that, I kept thinking about it during dinner. During these moments, we need to catch ourselves in the act, just like we're catching our pets trying to eat a piece of plastic. Correcting our perspective helps us to live every moment to the fullest. Now, this is a bit cliche, but if you're aware of what time perspectives you currently have and which perspectives you should have, can easily figure out whether there's a match or not. Ultimately, we all want to make the best use of our time. So no matter what you do, don't wait for life to bring you joy, clarity, or purpose. Embrace your past. Think about your future. But remember, the now is the time to live. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not here yet. So make today count. It's hard to embrace the joy of the now when you believe your best times have already come and gone. You know, remember, the easier times. Before bills, responsibility, complicated relationships, or children. The time in your life when it was all about you. Talking about living in the moment, most of our past was forgotten because we were so focused on learning new things. 
give me more, give me more. Future thoughts were as far as the weekend or some outlandish fantasy that we were perfectly fine protecting in that manner. I, for one, wanted to be a movie star. Now, I didn't spend time researching acting schools or doing odd jobs to earn money to pay for school or traveling to New York or L.A., you know, where all the dreams come true. For me, it was this wonderful fantasy that I could watch in my mind like a movie. Most of us grow up and get on with our lives making new memories to mix in and overshadow the old ones. But it's easy when times get tough to want to retreat to that former time when life was safer. Tim Hill explains, Why am I always thinking about the past? In his article found on TimHillPsychotherapy.com. Some people have an orientation more towards the past, but there are two quite different ways of thinking about the past. These two ways are known as rumination and introspection. There are some key differences between these two types of thinking about the past. First, introspection means thinking about the things that happened to you with an attitude of curiosity and self-exploration. To display introspection means to be interested in your past and to try to draw some conclusions about yourself or other people, or to simply spend time thinking about the pleasurable things in your past. Introspection can add some real color and depth to your current experiences and can also include notions such as nostalgia, sentimentality, Introspection has a light and inquisitive tone to it. You can definitely get a lot from increasing the time you spend in introspection. Introspection can lead you to learn more about yourself. This gives you better information about how you've changed over time or why you do what you do. It can also be really valuable to increase your problem-solving skills. Not only do you know more about yourself, but the calm reflection brought on by introspection helps you work through your problems. Hmm. Rumination, regret, and will spinning. On the other hand, when we think about the past in terms of the regrets we have, we're ruminating. At those times where we think about the past and we wonder what we might have done differently or we wonder about the actions of others, we're essentially spinning our wills. In doing this, we don't draw anything from the past but continue to sink our present moment into our regrets. There is little pleasure or insight to be gained from rumination. On the contrary, it's more associated with anxiety and depression. Rumination has a heavy and automatic tone to it. We can sometimes mistake rumination for problem solving. Just because we're thinking about the past and our actions, we can think that we're actually sorting things out. Have you ever done that? The truth is, we're just going round and round in a circle. In addition, there's often a heavy self-critical tone to our rumination. Rather than being a way out of problems, it's often a way to replay our failures and torture ourselves. Little good comes from rumination. What's the difference? 
It comes down to what you are gaining from thinking about the past. If you feel that you're drawing lessons from the past or enjoying the past, then it's more likely that you're being introspective. On the other hand, if your thoughts about the past are full of regret and bitterness, or your thoughts have a repetitive automatic quality, it's likely that you are ruminating. Another clue is if you keep coming back to the same thoughts or not. There's something about introspection which is progressive. We do it and it takes us forward. Sometimes this involves problem solving, or it might just be replaying of happy memories. In contrast, the repetitive nature of rumination doesn't take us forward. Instead, it takes us into an unpleasant and even destructive cycle. We're free to think anything we like, and many people find enjoyment from thinking about the things that happened in the past. At any given point, there are lots of things we can be thinking about. To spend our time in rumination takes us away from other things that we could be thinking about, like pleasant things a pleasant past, the present, or the future. Ask yourself what you are getting from these thoughts about your past. If you find that you aren't drawing anything from the thoughts of your past that you might be able to use in the present or in the future, ask yourselves, like, what lessons can I draw from this experience? Or what action can I take now to prevent this from happening again? Notice the situations that you ruminate over. Rather than just revisiting the past, is there some way that you can put your past to rest? Are there particular times when you're drawn to rumination? Perhaps there are times when you really need to bring your attention back to the present. daydreaming or fantasizing about the future. Sounds harmless enough, right? As a goal setter, it's hard to stay in the present all the time without thinking about future goals. How many times have you been asked, where do you see yourself in five years? Great question. It's important to continue to grow and learn, and without some strategy, you could be floating around absorbing new information as it's presented without any real aim. That doesn't sound like having control over your life. Visualizing yourself where you want to be and what you want to be doing is important in creating goals and harnessing the motivation to reach them. But where's the balance? Remember, talking about the pendulum swing from extreme to extreme. In all things, a healthy balance is the ultimate goal. So, let's explore what happens when you spend too much time in the future longing for something different. Author Claudia Hammond exposes the behavior of why you're spending time thinking about the future in the present, found at ttbook.org. Time speeds up and slows down in mysterious ways. A minute is always 60 seconds, but it can seem like forever if you're waiting in line, let's say. Or like nothing at all if you're also playing Angry Birds. Science journalist Claudia Hammond unlocks some of these mysteries in the book called Time Warped. Among them, why we're so drawn to thinking about the future. So here are some interview highlights. 
When asked on our fixation with the future, with its advantages and disadvantage, Claudia Hammond said, We spend a lot of time thinking about the future. If you put people in a brain scanner and get them to think of nothing, and you say, just don't think of anything at all, or stare at this cross that's on the screen, one of the most common things they do is to think about the future. Even if it's just what they're going to eat that night, you can't help but plan ahead. And so it's almost as if it's a kind of default mode if the mind's not doing anything important. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Humans have always been very good at planning ahead. Tomorrow, we'll go and see what's over the other side of that hill. We all have that curiosity and plan for things, and this has been a part of humanity's success. Unlike other animals, we are particularly good at planning. There does tend to be a bit of optimism bias in that a lot of the time we think better things will happen in the future. One of the things people think about the future is that they will have more spare time. And there's no evidence that we'll have any more spare time in the future. We like to think we'll be kind of better organized versions of ourselves and be able to get more things done. But in fact, that's quite unlikely unless you decide to do something differently now. But this is the reason why the planning fallacy is so common, where you think you can get something done much more quickly than you actually can. You think you can build yourself a kitchen in a weekend, and three weeks later, you still haven't even got a sink. What's happening in our brain when we fantasize about the future? Claudia says, it's really interesting because one of the things that we're particularly good at is this mental time travel, something other animals can't do. Animals can plan where they bury or hide food for the winter, but what they can't do is to throw themselves mentally into the future. So we can time travel at will in our minds. I can imagine that next week, you're going on a red double-decker bus or a Caribbean island to go to some famous film star Johnny Depp's wedding or something like that. And I tell you to imagine you're doing that next weekend. You can already picture those things. And what's amazing is that what you're doing in order to pitch those things is you're putting together little fragments of past memories. It's almost like you're cutting all those little film clips together. Memories of having seen a red double-decker bus and Johnny Depp and all those different things and putting them all together, building the future out of the past. This actually is one of the reasons why our memories can be so fallible. We often curse the fact that we can't remember everything as well as we might like to be able to. Obviously, that becomes a problem if we witness crimes or there's been loads of experiments showing how easy it is to get a witness to think they might have seen things they haven't. We can splice together little things, little bits of memories to be able to think of the future. There are really interesting parallels between future thinking and thinking about the past to the extent that people with certain sorts of amnesia also find it difficult to imagine the future. They've done experiments where they ask people to imagine that they're going to a museum on the weekend. 
People with amnesia will find it very difficult to imagine what the museum might look like, even though they're just conjuring it up out of their imagination. But we know that the areas of the brain that do those different things are very, very similar. She was asked, since our perception of the future and past is so similar, can we gain control over how we perceive time somehow? She said, there's a thing I like to call the holiday paradox, where if you go on holiday, a good holiday that keeps you busy, then the holiday seems to go far too fast. Where you get halfway through the holiday and it's already time to think about packing up and coming home. Then when you get home, it feels as if you've been away from work for much longer than a week. It's because we look at time in two ways. We look at it perspectively, where we ask how fast it's going right now. I'm bored. Am I interested in what's going on? And then we also look back and say, how fast did yesterday feel? The number of new memories we make will make a real difference here. The holiday seems to go faster because you're busy and you've made loads and loads of new memories. You might have also seen 10 or 15 new things each day compared with a normal routine at work. You've made all these memories, so it feels you've been gone a very long time. So if you apply that to your life, if you want your life to seem long, then what you need to do is be busy and fill it up with as many new experiences as you can. So on the weekend, don't keep going to that same restaurant. Do something else you've never done before in a place you've not been to. An evening walk somewhere different. And when you get to work on Monday, it will feel as though the weekend was long. And that's the same with life. There is plenty to do, to learn, and to observe in the future. Don't feel the need to fill every ounce with stuff. I liken it to having too many browsers open on my computer. Can you relate? Each one taking me somewhere new. Now, if I visited one at a time and truly spent time there exploring, learning, and sharing, then what a valuable exercise that would be. But instead, I switch back back and forth with lightning speed, barely skimming the content, looking for something to jump out and give me revelation or entertainment. Remember my earlier goal? Slow down, take a break, being present, and above all, just being. But wait, there's more to be learned about mental time travel and spending too much time with futuristic thinking. Let's make sure we have a clear takeaway here. Art Markham helps in this exploration with, these are the times when thinking about the future is unproductive, in his article for FastCompany.com. For some individuals, there is danger in spending too much time or energy focused on the future. Here are three reasons why contemplating what comes next quickly reaches a point of diminishing returns. Number one, prediction is hard. Perhaps the biggest problem with spending too much time thinking about your future is that it's really hard to predict what's coming. This is true both when you're thinking about yourself as well as when you're thinking about the future business climate. Lots of research on creativity demonstrates that your existing knowledge limits your ability to envision new things. As a result, we tend to focus on ways that things we already know about will evolve 
but we don't do a good job of predicting events, inventions, and opportunities that have no precedent in our experience. Adaption is key. Because it's so hard to predict what's going to happen in the future, we also quickly reach a point of diminishing returns when planning for the future. It's important to lay out a series of steps that you believe will help you reach key long-term goals. These plans ensure that you put actions on your schedule that will help you make key contributions. On the other hand, you want to be open to new opportunities that you didn't expect. There's a real danger in editing your life in the forward direction based on what you planned for. That will lead you to avoid unexpected paths that were not part of your original plan. The new things you encounter often allow you to consider jobs, products, services that could lead to outcomes that are far better than what you planned for. As a result, it isn't the best planners who succeed. It's the best adapters. Also, balance dreams with work. Art says, I must admit that when the Powerball jackpot gets large, I sometimes buy a ticket. I don't have any illusions that I'm going to win. The odds are much too long for that. Instead, I buy the ticket so that I am not disillusioned if I spend a couple of days daydreaming about what I would do with several hundred millions. Those pleasant reveries are particularly nice to have when other aspects of life are stressful. They provide an oasis from the hassles of daily life. And you don't need to buy a lottery ticket to engage in these kind of fantasies. You can also just dream about your future career path or an invention that you would like to pursue. There is a danger in too much of this future-focused dreaming. Just about every success story also involves a lot of hard work. James Dyson may have had a brilliant insight when he thought about putting a tiny industrial cyclone in a vacuum cleaner, but it still took five years of effort to create a prototype that worked. So what can you take away to put in your pocket? Revisiting the past is fine. Make goals for the future equally fine. Create action plans to avoid too much daydreaming and fantasizing. Give yourself time to be in the here and now by creating the space in your day for appreciation. 1% past focus, 9% future focus, 90% present focus. It's time for the top 10 key highlights. Number one, create more moments throughout your day to give your mind a treat. Relax and just be. Number two, when your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are devoted to the past or the future, you are robbing today. Number three, you cannot reach your potential and make good choices if you're trying to resolve issues from the past or predict the future. Number four, Sometimes people focus all their energy on what hasn't even happened yet. Number five, awareness of time perspectives helps you enjoy your days, learn from the past, and shape a better future. Number six, ultimately, we all want to make the best use of our time. So no matter what you do, don't wait for life to bring you joy, clarity, or purpose. Number seven, 
Rumination, rather than being a way out of problems, is often a way to replay our failures and torture ourselves. Number eight, visualizing yourself where you want to be and what do you want to be doing is important in creating goals and harnessing the motivation to reach them. Number nine, one of the things people think about the future is that they will have more spare time and there is no evidence that we'll have any more spare time in the future. And number 10, just about every success story involves a lot of hard work. share encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they are not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, take ownership over your mental mind travel to find a healthy balance of past, present, and future. Set your sights on letting go of what has already happened to make room for what is yet to come. Add action to your daydreaming so you can spend the majority of your time in the now, enjoying life as it unfolds. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone through 